Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to podcast number four. Number four. With me, Laura Arrowsmith, and my medical co-host, Sophie <laughs> Johnson. Yeah, I'm a little bit loopy this morning. We are, we're getting a little bit delusional. We are so excited because our podcast was ranked number 14 in the iTunes fashion podcast chart. Yes, Woo! it was. We were above some very big names in that chart that yeah, day. Yeah, we were above Vogue in the Telegraph. So please keep downloading, subscribing liking we really appreciate all the support so far and we are so determined to get into that number 10 spot come on guys you can get us there yeah it's been so lovely because we've been reading some of the lovely reviews on itunes got some amazing comments and you know what they're not all our family and friends (laughs) (laughs) so we're like yay we made it so thank you so much and as laura said please keep um you know if you've got any questions for us as well oh yes them on the comments pop them on the uh, on the reviews um you know, you guys can inspire some of our podcasts as well. I think that'd be great. So today, what have we got in store We've for got you a great today? One today? We've got a great podcast, guys. We are we're getting on um, getting on the bandwagon, and we are going to talk about the fashion industry, of course, standard, the fashion industry, female empowerment, mental health, and we're going to talk about you know what the fashion industry does and the platform that it can create uh, to create a voice for females. Um, and yes, yeah, so I think we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk about a lot of different things today. We've got a fantastic guest as part of our um, our get to know section. So you're gonna get to know the lovely Holly. Um, so you'll hear from her uh, shortly. Um, which is fantastic. And then as part of our like to know, we're gonna be talking about the fabulous brand Never Fully Dressed. So guys, this week we're gonna talk about something that um we are very passionate about as females ourselves and we're going to talk all around female empowerment. Um, I'm sure we'll go off on lots of tangents around mental health, social media. Um, The reason that we really wanted to have this conversation um, this week um, is obviously we feel at the moment there's lots of... um, there's lots of protesting. There's lots of opinions, and this is um, um, this is fantastic. There's, there's a, we're definitely living in this time of making things right. More people are having a voice, aren't That's, they? Yeah, I'm struggling. I'm, as a podcast, I'm struggling to get my words out today. <laughs> um, yeah, and more, and I think we've kind of social media and all these different things. It's fantastic that people are getting a voice and people are fighting for what is right for different races, different genders, and you know, and so on and so forth. And I think it's very, very relevant right now. Um, and I think what we're going to talk through today is about what the fashion industry is doing, how the fashion industry mm-hmm. has created a platform to to support or to go against. Uh, and how we see that kind of mapping out in the future. We we, we talked um, before about the fact that, you know, we especially we're seeing all these Gen Z activists coming through and pushing for all these things. And it's so, so refreshing uh, as, as millennial, a millennial generation <laughs> that has sometimes been named a snowflake generation. Not that I agree, I don't agree at all. Um, but it's nice to see that things are being spoken about and, and, and you know, and so on and so forth. So what I'm going to start the conversation off with is a post that I saw on social media that really resonated with me um, and it kind of it, it upset me a little bit and I thought wow actually this, this is a really good point so we're going to go back a few weeks ago to um, the Monday the 8th of March um, when the episode aired of the Meghan Markle interview with Oprah 
So we're not going to get into that too much because this podcast ain't about, about the royals. <laughs> we're not going to go into the, into the, into the nitty-gritty of that. But I thought it was really interesting. I saw this post popped up on my timeline on my Instagram and it said, on Monday the 8th of March, we celebrated um, Women's Independence Day. Tuesday the 9th of March, we were all absolutely slating Meghan Markle. Um, and destroying a female on social media, a female we don't know. Um, and then on the Wednesday, Sarah Everard went missing, and suddenly females are not allowed to walk home. And I thought, wow, that kind of really... It's crazy. Yeah, like, how have we gone for people? My timeline, it was so lovely on that Monday, my timeline was filled with all these empowered women, and, you know, just like normal, like, my mum, I love my mum, I love my um, sister, I love my auntie, you know, um, celebrating all these amazing females in our lives. And then it's like people forget things so quickly. And I'm sure we're going to pick up on the Caroline Flack thing today. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, obviously yeah. just been um, a year, a year um, since um, we lost Caroline Flack. Um, and I think people are so quick to forget, aren't they? But also very quick to judge. Yes. You know, I think it's very easy to see something and think, oh, that's not right. I disagree with that. And to be very judgmental and then things are blown over and then things come back around. And I think that's why I felt so upset about Caroline um, especially watching her documentary of the day, it just it just broke me. I remember hearing the news that she, you know, had um, taken her own life, and I was just devastated because, and actually watching the documentary, I, I believe that she felt there was no way out of it, that mm-hmm. her career was over, her reputation, you know, she had nothing to live for, and to me that just breaks my heart that she felt there was no way out. Um, and I think that's such a shame because... When you look at so many celebrities or or um, royalties or whatever may have done something wrong in the past, may have cheated, may you know have done something that I guess from the public eye is not correct, and then a couple of years blow over and it's all forgotten, you know. And I I hate the fact that Caroline felt that there was no way out, mm-hmm. and that's what breaks me. Yeah, I mean I absolutely idolise Caroline Flack, um, especially in the, her early days of her career. I was working down in London. I was running um, Mad PR, my PR agency at the time, um, and I remember um, getting a feature, more, uh, more Magazine, which doesn't exist anymore. Which uh, you know we're going to talk, uh, I'm sure, in a couple of podcast time about the, the change in fashion. And media landscape and you know, where have all these print magazines gone makes me really sad oh god that's I'm not going to go off on a tangent now because otherwise I'm just going to spoil all the content and things that we've got to talk about in that episode but um more magazine used to exist I used to love more magazine they used to do this really great feature and they used to interview and do a shoot with people that work in the fashion industry it could have been an influencer someone that worked for a brand so at the time I was making waves in the industry um so they asked me to do it I was really excited I got to do this really cool fashion shoot um and um what they used to do is give um three four people in the feature that week an item to style and mine was this really kind of very crazy jumper that i probably would have never worn um but obviously that was the challenge and my style icon at the time was caroline flack i absolutely loved the dip dye hair that you know that chunky cut um all the she was really fabulous for like a, a peter pan collars wasn't she and all these like kind of yeah, cute we dresses grew up with her, though. yeah i like, think yeah TMI, yeah X factor love island like she's been with us for 
over a decade. Yeah, I think, for, like you said, for like, our, why do I always go back to our age all the time? <laughs> but it is, it's true, isn't it? It's someone that we've, we've grown up with as, as, a, as a style icon. And I was absolutely buzzing because obviously it went to print um, and I, I shared it on my social media and I tagged Caroline in it. And I was like, Caroline, look! And she actually replied to me. I remember absolutely having a breakdown that day um, because I was like, I just loved her so much. She was so fabulous. Um, so a slight tangent there, but I think it's, it's illustrating, you know, the impact that she had on the fashion industry, the entertainment industry was amazing. Um, but what frustrates me is, obviously, that, that documentary absolutely broke my heart. I also have recently watched the um, Roman Kemp documentary again. You I'm know. yet to watch that, and I'm just a bit fearful of watching it, because I know... I, I know I need to watch it, but I, it's just so sad. It is. It is so it's sad really that there's sad. so many people going under the radar for you know mental health. And there's is. not enough being done. I mean, I know the government have recently said they're pledging X amount of millions to support mental health this year, which is fantastic, and it definitely needs to be prioritised. Yeah, definitely. I think people that have never suffered with mental health before will probably be suffering with mental health right now and not actually sure what is going on in their own body and their own mind yeah, absolutely. because of because of the pandemic and because of lockdown um, and all those different restrictions. Um, so I think yeah, it's really it's really um, healthy and refreshing to hear. It is refreshing, and I think what also is refreshing is seeing how the fashion industry is evolving with this. You know, it's more spoken about. Um, you know, I think a lot of people previously had. Um, you know, eating disorders because everywhere they looked on campaigns, TV adverts, fashion magazines, catwalks, it was all these, you know, very, very slim, um, small framed models. And I think now we're really seeing that evolution of um, dis disabled models, mixed race models, plus size models, and I'm loving it. I absolutely adore it, and this is what I think we need to see more of. I also feel that social media is disrupting who can be a model as well, um, and we're seeing more in our feed of, you know, normal people. Yeah, absolutely, and it kind of goes back to um, the podcast that we, we did with Lounge Underwear and all the fantastic work they've done in, in kind of varying their models, who they work with, what they do, and it's really great to see that the platform... Uh, the fashion industry is creating a platform um, for females. Um, I think there's a whole other argument around male um, males as well. Obviously, going back to the Roman Kemp episode, I know we're, we're talking about female empowerment here, but you know, absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna discuss um, the male gender as well. You know, the Roman Kemp documentary I have watched and, and, and was absolutely heartbroken by. Um, but one of my students did a really interesting dissertation actually around male plus size. Which was see that's really refreshing. cool. Yeah, um, she did some fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to like tell her now that I've definitely uh, mentioned a dissertation, <laughs> but it was a fantastic dissertation. Uh, and some of the things that she found out actually, um, uh, when we started doing the research, and I was kind of supervising her dissertation, um, is that not many fashion brands have plus size males or use plus size male models, um, which was interesting. So you've got I think you've got ASOS, New Look, I've got plus size Boohoo, Man Have Plus, yeah, and there's Giacomo as well, um, which are kind of very uh, just a plus size male um, fashion brand. Um, but what was really interesting is kind of we, we were kind of going at the angle of blaming the fashion industry. Like, mm. why aren't they using more plus size males? Let's, you know, let's normalise male body image and stop this kind of stereotypical masculine look. Um, but actually, from her research, it's not the fact that the fashion industry doesn't want it. There's not enough plus size male models. So actually, the problem is actually not with the fashion industry. There's it's actually the lack a lack of. of. So maybe there's a lack of these men that have that confidence to do that. Yeah. So it's just, I know, a slightly different tangent on, on female empowerment. But actually, 
you know, big part of kind of feminism and female empowerment is it's not about women are the greater sex. It's it's we're equal. That's what yeah, it's all about, sure, isn't sure. it? And I think there's a whole another whole conversation around the commercialisation of feminism, which I really don't like you know the whole kind of Beyonce era of like women are better and I feel like I feel like um some brands can run with feminism wrongly and again it's about it's about like it's not about women being superior it's about it's about being equal I mean when I was looking and trying to justify myself what is female empowerment and I think to me it's about enjoying and engaging in a global sisterhood that's inclusive and highly supportive of each other online and offline and it's women women strengthening each other positively acting and actively encouraging each other and helping each other um and I just feel like it's about being equal to men no matter your size your gender your disability your race and that everyone is treated equally and fairly and um I think that's what's really important. I mean, I I am, and, and you are, you know, we are both privileged white women. Therefore, I'm no expert on this and I'm still learning. But I think it's important to understand and be more inclusive. That's what we need, especially from the fashion industry. You know, we look up to the fashion industry as role models and, I guess, a direction. And that's why it's so important that the fashion industry are using the right people to promote their product because that's what we look up to you know as I said before in the 90s and the noughties um models were glamorized as being a size era you know Mm -hmm. that was really inspirational everybody wanted to be stick thin and now we're going through the era where you know curves are sexy thank goodness Um, (laughs) you know big butt people are wanting big bum implants and all these things and you know we are changing but I think we are starting to see that that normal is sexy you know it's not about having all this surgery and, and starving yourself to be X amount of size or, you know, doing all these things. It's about normalising people. And that, to me, is inspirational. That's what I want to see when I open a fashion magazine or I go on online to purchase my products. Yeah, it's really refreshing, isn't it? It's completely refreshing because you're seeing a, a huge change in um, social media posting, advertising, and, you know, we've spoken before about who women look up to and people with purpose I think is the term you you mentioned last time Laura and I think that's that's coming across because we're not just looking at females in the fashion industry for what to look like we want we want to look at them to what to be like the lifestyles that they lead which is why I think which I've said on the podcast um the lounge podcast is that it's so important to see people in social media and you know on our TVs and magazines that aren't just celebrities that that they have a meaning and that they have a positive voice yeah i think we're going to talk about never fully dressed later in the podcast aren't we but they've got um some fantastic interviews on their page with with influencers that talk about this so i love the fact that you know these platforms and i'm sure there's lots of the brands that do this um fashion brands that do this that are using their social media platforms to give people like that a voice mm-hmm. and that's and they're not just flooding it with buy this product buy this new dress 20 percent off here it's not just about marketing they're thinking about kind of their pr and their reputation by engaging with other stakeholders having these conversations and it's that kind of stuff that connects with the communities and that's why people are kind of really building up these strong followers and you just think the fashion industry is so huge it's around us everywhere we go um and uh, you know it's already changed a lot but it's going to be interesting to see how it changes even further as with everything and um and how they're going to continue to push and give females um a platform but a female to platform in in the right way like we said yeah i mean i think the thing that's really 
touched a nerve recently is, you know, the death of Sarah. And mm-hmm. I am angry that women are told how to dress and how to come across, um, especially online. Um, you know, there are clothing out there that, you know, we are more revealing, our legs are out, you know, our arms are out and so and so. And, you know, we wear those clothes to feel good about ourselves. We Mm -hmm. don't wear it for anybody else, we do it for us. But we are now being victimised by people saying, oh, you can't dress like that because you're going to, you know, something's going to happen to you or you're Mm -hmm. asking for trouble. And that just infuriates me and I just, I get so angry about it. Because fashion's about expression. Absolutely. You know, so many people have been bullied or attacked, verbally attacked for wearing something that doesn't fit the norm or, you know, being transgender and being, you know, having that voice of who you are and, and being trolled about it. And it just makes me so angry that in this day and age, we cannot be who we are. Yeah, and I think it's, so, social media is, a big pro- is the big problem isn't it and it's trolling i mean it's i've been following um katie price and and all the um stigma around you know things with her son harvey i think she's amazing i think anyone you know should watch that program and you know the tabloid press absolutely slated but i think give her the time of day and give that program a time of day you know she's now campaigning for people to um have id when they sign up for social media so i think it's a fantastic idea fantastic idea you know society is the problem people need to change their attitudes and i saw something on social media the day and it was um a couple of people posted and said they all posted the same thing and it was my social media page treat it like my home Ooh, and i loved that and it's like this is my space to voice who i am express who i am if you don't like it do not enter my home and i loved that i love that and i thought that's a brilliant way of of showing how you should be able to to express yourself yeah you know if you don't like it don't look absolutely absolutely fine um but they're saying you know people have said well you know, Sarah shouldn't have had headphones in, Sarah should have done this, and all these different things. And I'm like, no, actually, she's not the problem here. She's the victim. Absolutely. And we're actually actually picking apart what she was doing, what she was wearing. And she's not the only person. I think it's obviously, it's absolutely heartbreaking what, what happened to Sarah. But in a way, at least now, we've had this kind of recognition of, hang on a second, we cannot keep saying a woman was raped because of what she was wearing or this, that, and that. Mm-hmm. We can't keep doing this. A woman was, was was attacked because she was on her own. Why is it right that a man walks home on his own, but a female can't walk home on its own? And yeah. it's it's all it's all of that, isn't it? That that just it's just so, so sad. But at least now maybe from this people will think a little bit more. I just hope so. I really hope so too. Um, you know, fashion, like we said, what is fashion about? If we go back to the crux of why we love fashion and why we love style and why we dress in certain ways, it's, it's about personality, it's about how we feel. Um, and that's really, really important. So who should tell anyone what to wear or, or how to be? And um, again, one of, um, obviously, what, what's great about our roles and being lecturers is that we speak to students all the time about what's going on in industry and what's inspiring them. And um, a student came to me um, the other day and, and actually wants to look at this as part of her dissertation around uh, fashion and rape culture. I mean, I, I feel awful kind of saying the term rape culture because it shouldn't be a culture. Uh, I'm not saying that. But she wants to investigate, um, you know, uh, 
a lot around clothing and, and, and this kind of identification of what people wear and and, 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 and why people get then trolled and, and, and blamed for what happened to them on social media. Uh, you know, this is just not even a conversation we should be having. Should, are we really having this conversation about how what people wear will will bring on these awful uh, life events um it, it's it's really unfair but um it's really it's really exciting to see that at least you know at the next generation of people going into the fashion industry are going hang on a sec this ain't right you know let's examine this research let's know more about it and i think that's what's really great about our role again is that we, we work with these people who are at the on the cusp of going into industry mm-hmm. and, are, and are exposed to all this information and have built up these opinions as, as as they've gone through their their degree and that we're putting them on a platform to leave at the end of their third year and go into industry and make a difference. We've got students that now that care about sustainability. We've got students that care about equality and race. And it's so refreshing knowing that these are the people that are going to go out into industry make and an make that difference. Make change, yeah. So actually, you know, we're talking about what's going to happen for the future of kind of equality and all these other things in industry. It's our students that are going to go out there and make that happen. It kind of makes you really proud, doesn't it? It does. It makes me feel like I'm helping towards that. I'm educating them to go into the right direction. And going back to the fashion industry, for me, fashion is really about a form of expression. And if you look at where collections come from, you know, it's often linked to heritage, it's culture. You know, I always think back to the Devil Wears Prada <laughs> quote. You know, she talks about um, Seraline. I've just got off my phone now and she's like, you're unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Rente did a collection of Seraline gowns and then it was YSL, wasn't it, who showed Seraline military jackets. And I just love the fact that she just kind of said, you know, it's not just a colour. This colour has developed and evolved from something. These colours mean something. Mm-hmm. And I think as a person, you should be able to wear whatever colour you want. If you are a male, if you want to wear a dress, you wear it you do what you want because you only have this one life and you're on this planet to express yourself nobody else so that's why I'm just hating that you know going back to Sarah and going back to all these things that that people feel that they can't express themselves for who they are for being fearful of something happening I mean I can't even count on the my hands how many times I've walked home or walked to my car and thought oh god you know wish I was wearing trainers instead of heels or maybe I shouldn't have worn this or I'm a little bit scared you know and I think that's how the fashion industry is evolving is saying that you can be who you want to be and it's not fashion that's a problem it's actually people it's the society that need to change it's the society that need to evolve and accept and the whole thing with Sarah and many many other women that it's it's happened to it's it's men that need to be educated on this and I'm not tarnishing every man with the same brush I'm just saying that there needs to be wider knowledge around this issue. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, how many times again have I mentioned that I've done my running and my Couch to 5K, but I'm part of um, a group on Facebook, a Couch to 5K running group, and it's really got thousands of people on there that, you know, talk through what they're doing. And around that time, there was a lovely post from a guy who posted on and said, what can I do? Um, what can I do when I'm out running to not make people feel intimidated? Like, so he was saying um, that he'd... Um, he'd crossed the road purposely and because he didn't want to scare a woman it was dark running up behind her so he purposely made um a movement across the road so he didn't you know as a female hearing someone running up behind you in the dark could be quite and I love that people are already questioning and thinking what actually can I do and you're right in saying society is the problem mm-hmm. not fa- not the fashion industry and as part of my PhD at the moment um I'm having to do um 
what I call a literature review, and it's kind of the very starting point of um, of my PhD, and looking through literature, and my topics around um, fashion industry in crisis. Um, so as I've kind of gone back, I started looking from uh, academic journals from like the 70s. And it's really interesting, actually, um, to go through the articles that are related to fashion and crisis, because fashion got the blame um, a lot around kind of uh, the AIDS crisis and things like that. And yeah. it's almost like the fashion industry sometimes becomes a scapegoat for other issues that are going on in mm-hmm. society that aren't actually... So there was some really awful articles around how um, the way people dressed um, and that was the, you know, the reason that, you know, there was a kind of a boom in homosexuality and, you know, got to watch in the sin, watch in the sin. I think it's fantastic kind of linking slightly to that. Uh, an amazing, amazing programme. But I just thought, wow, a whole industry is getting the blame here and it's actually not the industry. It's people having wrong opinions of homosexuality and it's because it's because a certain demographic didn't fit in with the standard society norm and that's you know back then that was the issue that was the crime yeah you know so it's just it is amazing how we are evolving but it's just not quick enough for me no it's definitely not quick enough Right, guys, we would love to introduce you to our very special guest. Um, Please welcome Holly Race, who is a brand and content manager for a very well-known fashion brand. Hi, Holly. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. We're so excited to talk to you. We are indeed. I'm really, really excited to be here. I'm very honoured, so thank you very much. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you, your career, where you're at? Obviously, you've got um, your Instagram as well, which is really successful. Yeah, so um, I guess I've been working in the fashion industry, well, the creative fashion industry for, I guess, since I was around 25. Um, You know, it did take me a long kind of time to kind of find my feet and and get to where I wanted to be, really. Um, There was a lot of kind of side channels and side hustling and, you know, I guess blagging my way (laughs) to where I am today. Um, but I've always been super creative and, and you know what, I'm a big believer of like manifestation and I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but so am I. We love this. Yeah. Like I just always knew that I wanted to kind of run photo shoots and be that person that's kind of making it all happen. And that was me as well. I just didn't know how I was going to get there, but it's like, I wouldn't settle for anything else. Yeah. And and everything's falling into place. You know, my mum would say to me like, Holly, like it's just not going to happen. And you're going to have to find like a proper job. And I'm like, no, it's going <laughs> to happen. Gonna and I just kind of like, yeah, knocked on doors and, and just continued to push through with it really. And uh, it's I haven't had the traditional route, but I think it's made me really grateful for the experiences that mm. I've had um, and kind of given me the determination to push forward with, I guess, future goals to kind of know that if I put my mind to something, I can do it, which is, is really good. Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of people think about the fashion industry that it's it's like, I mean, it is competitive and it is hard to get into, but at the end of the day, there's so many fashion brands, you know, catering to everyone. It's a huge, huge industry. There's mm. always jobs. And actually it's, yes, it, like I said, it is competitive, but it's, you know, when I said to my dad I was going to study fashion at university, he was like, sorry, what? And mm. there's this whole like thing sometimes and stigma around the fashion industry that it's yeah. not, it, you, you can't get there. So I love that you meant manifested that that's but I think it's so competitive as well when I've been on LinkedIn and I've seen people sending CVs to these fashion brands and they're ridiculous they basically Mm. create their own magazines and it's mad yeah and it is you know it's always been really difficult I think to 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 get your foot in the door and 
Um, you know, I had so many doors closed in my face and it was just heartbreaking. Like, you, I knew I could do something. I just oh, needed to you. be given just, a chance. Yeah, and somebody to give you that opportunity. You know, this, where I work now, you know, they did give me an opportunity to come and prove myself and it was just something I was so mm. kind of, you know, proud of and I was really kind of excited and I just give it my all and no job was too big and I just absolutely, you know, worked so hard every day because I knew... I knew how much I wanted it. And yeah. I think if you're going to come into the fashion industry, it's not glamorous, it's hardworking, it's sweat, it's tears, it's things go wrong. But, you you know, as long as you've got that passion to make it happen and the passion to follow through, that you will always succeed. So I think anyone that is struggling to kind of get their foot in the door, just don't give up. And I love that. I yeah, I, I had to kind of do a lot of, you know, I did social media for a little bit and I managed to kind of go work in Fashion Week at Copenhagen and London and Men's Fashion Week. And I just kind of decided to develop my own career and, mm. yeah, just kind of, I guess, get experience where I could to eventually kind of get to where I needed to be. Um, build up that portfolio. Got, yeah, build it up, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love how hard you work to get where you, where you want to go. I remember when I had a kind of a similar um, thought when I first started working in industry, it was a bit of like, oh my God, a dream come true. And I remember speaking to one of my old bosses, Nicky Salas, I've got to send this podcast to him now. I've never mentioned him from fashion brand I used to work for. And I remember him giving me some advice when I first did my work placement with him. And he just said, make yourself indisposable. Yeah, Make exactly. it so that company cannot physically run without you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just such good advice. That's always stuck with me. You know, that was for me nearly 10 years ago um I went and you know and I think it's yeah I think it's really interesting like you said no job's too big you just throw yourself into it it isn't glamorous is it it really isn't um no times (laughs) yeah like some days you'll have a really bad day or you know you'll be working on a project and things just kind of you feel like everything's going against you and you just have to get up and kind of go forward and push forward and you know there's been times when I've arrived on a shoe and the location doesn't look anything like it looks like oh in the God. pictures, you know, and you're thinking, oh, my God, I've got to be able to pull this together. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, one or two times on my career, and it's only happened, well, it's happened once where I literally wanted to walk back out <laughs> and get the train home, but I didn't. And we pulled it together and we made it work. And I, I've never felt so proud afterwards thinking, well, this morning... I was, you know, you had nothing, and... yeah. When and obviously, like at the end of the day, we've actually got something. So, you know, you've kind of got to have that attitude that regardless of what's thrown at you, you're going to pull through. And and it's about positive thinking, and it's about a really good team. You know, I've, I've got a team, and they're amazing. And you know, you've got to pull those people through, and you've got to be the person that's there on set. For sure, yeah. You know, telling everyone it's going to be fine. We're going to get it done. It's not what we expected, but it doesn't matter because we'll just make it work anyway. And then mm. you look back at what you've achieved in eight hours and you think, oh, wow. Go me. Wow. You know, <laughs> and that's such a great feeling. And it's almost kind of, it makes all the hard work worth yeah. it because you've seen what you've, what you've managed to achieve. I think it's a bit of fight or flight though, isn't it? You've just got to crack on and get yourself involved. I mean, when I worked in industry, I was like you and I would do big campaign photo shoots and... The days are so long. People, like all our students, like, oh, I really want to do photo shoots and work with influencers and all these things. And I don't realise how much hard work it is. It's, you know, trying to get samples off buyers at the last Mm -hmm. minute. It's getting up at like Mm 4am to be with the makeup and stylist, getting everybody ready. And it's going to bed at 11 o'clock. And it's trying to get the whole team of people to get certain shots done by a certain time because of lighting. And it's so, so stressful. Yeah, there's so Um, many components. Yeah. So are you able to just tell us like 
a day in the life of Holly and how your you know your job operates? Yeah, of course. I think obviously the the kind of um, the biggest role I play is I'm I guess the spearhead um, of of the day. So you know, like you said, I'm making sure that everyone's arriving on time that we've got everything that we need so the prep for a shoot is you making sure you've got your collection the samples are all there everyone knows where they're going to be everyone's got the brief you know and then when you're on the day it's I guess with my role as well you know we do um work with a lot of of influencers and celebrities so a lot of my job is about making sure that they feel their very best and they're happy that they're really excited for the day that they feel great in everything because it's all about bringing out the best in someone to get the best content. So you've got to be um, the optimistic one all the time, haven't you? Yeah, I think just making sure everyone feels good and everyone's got an upbeat attitude. You know, everyone's doing what they need to be doing. Everyone's kind of a well-oiled ship, you know, and that comes with time, you know, and, and working relationships. You know, relationships when you're working with people is so important. But definitely. I definitely think mine is ensuring that everyone who is there understands what they're doing. They feel confident in what they're doing and... If they don't, that I am there to make sure that they do, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, and especially for the talent, especially for, you know, working with influencers and models or celebrities, you know, they're everyday people, Mm. you know, and... And I think we forget that as consumers as well. Oh, my God, 100%. And I think, you know, there's so many things when, you know, you can have someone that would turn up and they don't feel great or they've had a bad day or they're going through a breakup or they've read something horrendous in the in the news you know and they've got to put a smile on their face they've they've still got to work they've got to put all that behind them and put their game face on and I guess for me I'm about helping them get their game face on yeah making them feel great regardless and and you know helping them and a enjoy the day but b ultimately get the best that we can to help bring that shoot to life to to make a successful campaign yeah and you've kind of got to be their cheerleaders haven't you and empower them yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and I feel like, you know, I've always been a people person. I've always been the friend that gets the girls, you know, ready on a night out. Oh, and, I love that. You know, the go-to girl when my friends are going through a breakup. So I feel like because I'm that natural kind of go-to feel good person anyway, it's actually really helped me with my relationships yeah. with a lot of people. And, mm. you know, I feel like I've made a lot of kind of friends, um, you know, in the industry because of that reason, you know, um, and it's actually really nice. Oh, I love that, Holly. <laughs> um, like me, you said a while ago when I stalked your social media, because obviously I've been following you for quite some time, um, that you were inspired to get into fashion from the late Alexander McQueen. So I was the same. I remember um, being in school and watching one of his catwalks mm. and it wasn't a generic catwalk. He actually had it as a chessboard and the models moved as the pieces and I thought oh my god this is incredible I love him yeah um so that's really interesting to understand that's you know we've come from the same kind of like inspiration but where do you get your inspiration for work because you've got to be so innovative and always you know delivering new content where does that come from yeah I mean I I completely like I can I'm visioning the um catwalk you're talking about and actually my first experience of Alexander McQueen was um Kate Moss in the um, Pyramid. So the uh, the illusion catwalk. Mm. Yeah. And I was like overwhelmed by it. You know, I just thought, wow, that is absolutely so innovative. Yeah. So innovative. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously we're not creating, you know, McQueen esque editorial content. But I think for me, my inspiration comes from the everyday woman. Like 
fashion has evolved so much um you know it's become more inclusive it's diverse it's for every woman and when I'm creating content with for the brand I work for I really want to create content which everybody can relate to you know so if you see a dress and you wear it you're a trainer girl you can wear it Mm. if you're a heel girl you can wear it you know if I want to kind of make women feel confident to be who they want to be and dress how they want to dress and also try new things um and I think it comes from looking at you know everyday experiences you know as women what are we doing every single day like how do we spend our lives because you know, a lot of us, we're working full-time. We could be working full-time and be a mum. Mm, you know, absolutely. we could be having several different jobs just to get by. And actually, what you want to do is be able to wake up and go to your wardrobe, put something on and feel great. It's almost effortless. Um, so I feel like it's, you know, a combination of of taking inspiration from what is the idealistic approach to looking and feeling good and how can we create that in a campaign Um, so it's more realistic and candid and, you know, whether that's a location, whether that's looking at how you style something. There's so many components that come into kind of creating a look and feel, Um, you know, and a lot of the, the content that we produce for the brand I work for is about the everyday woman. It's about creating content that everyone can be relatable to that it's really accessible um, I feel like you do that yeah I feel like you do that on your Instagram as well for Holly's look um you're very good yeah. at styling clothes and saying well this is a really versatile piece that you can wear with trainers or heels throw yeah. on a denim jacket a leather jacket so I think that's really relatable to your audience that you know you can invest in these pieces but you can wear them multiple ways yeah to fit and what I you're think doing. It- I think it comes with age, you know. I think it does come with... <laughs> it took me a long time to refine my style. Mm. And it, I think a lot of it came from... It did come from becoming single because I was with someone for seven years and I lost who I was. I couldn't... It got to the point I couldn't even look at myself with no clothes on in oh, the mirror. bless That's you. how bad I felt about myself. And I, prob- and I, I wasn't a different shape. I didn't look different, but I wasn't happy. And I came out of the breakup and, you know, the glow up happened as it does. And I just thought, you know what? I've got this whole new opportunity now to be who I want to be and really make a shot at it. And I guess Holly's look came from wanting to explore, being more confident, wearing what I wanted to wear. Because, you know, not that I ever wore anything and it it kind of, you know, sparked a disagreement in my relationship at the Mm. time. But I didn't feel confident in who I was and I didn't feel like I could wear what I wanted to wear and I didn't feel like I could be the person I wanted to be for whatever reason um, because I didn't have any confidence. So Holly's look is all about, you know, I guess generating confidence in other people because honestly, if I could do it, then anyone can. And I set myself a goal to hit 10k and I hit it Which and it just spiralled. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I used to you know love never fully dressed and love what you know love their clothes and next minute I'm working with them and I was just so overwhelmed that they wanted me to wear their clothing like I couldn't believe it I was like oh my god you actually want me to 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 wear this and take a picture of it and they're like yeah and I just I literally couldn't believe it and I just thought to myself you know the, the person a year ago two years ago would have completely laughed at the thought of this happening and actually now it's happening and it's just I think as women we need to just recognize you know 
how incredible we can be when we're kinder to ourselves. We have so and much self-doubt, don't we? We so do. Much. And, you know, I, we all have insecurities. And yes, I have insecurities, but I, I've become really kind of confident and and self you know, in myself, in my ability to be me and I feel comfortable with me. And it's not always about what you look like, but I feel happy with how what I've feel. achieved and how I feel in myself. And I generally think it is about, there's something about in your 30s that changes. Completely agree. Oh, we're both there with you. Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. just recently both turned, well, I'm 30, we both just turned 31 um, and we feel yeah. the same. I definitely don't care as much. I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah. This I is this is what I've got. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you become a lot and that confidence then radiates through. Yeah. In it's self-acceptance, isn't it? It is. It is. Holly, do you follow um, like law of attraction and stuff like that? The only reason I'm asking is I know you just said about manifesting. Is is that something that you kind of invest any of your time in? I think, um, do you know what I've done? <laughs> uh, just, just an interesting odd. choice of words. Yeah, I just feel like it's something I've always done. Like, before I even knew what manifesting was, I do it. Mm. I think it's just something that is it, just naturally what I do. Love that. Uh, without having to think some, too much of it. and Just that positive you know, mindset, isn't it? Yeah, just, exactly, yeah. exactly. But obviously now I understand a little bit more about um, manifestation and, and positivity and, and what you put out in the world, you get back. Yeah. I do more of it. So I've got my um, my phone placeholder is my mood board, is my vision board. So I've got a vision board on for 2021. Love that. Um, so I look at that every single day, um, you know, and... I do try and kind of speak a lot more kinder about myself, which I think we does help. We all need help. to do. Uh, we do all need to do it because as women, we're, you know, we still feel like we're under a lot of scrutiny for certain things. And and I think we're, you know, a lot is happening. There's a big movement within our, within the community of the online community, especially about encouraging self-love, self-acceptance and, you know, the ability to be who you are and be confident with that. And I just, I just, I'm all, I'm all about that really, I massively. That. Which leads me on to your post that you did, I think it was about two months ago, which I absolutely loved. And I think it touched so many people and it was you saying, you know, it's okay to be single at 32, to not have kids, to be renting. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. had so much backing that just went crazy on LinkedIn, didn't it? Oh my God, I did not expect it. So I thought I was going to post this and get loads of people being like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? Like, just, I, I thought I was going to get loads of negative. Why? Like, it was brilliant. Opinions. I was like, yes, Holly, this is so true. Um, there isn't, it, there isn't it, a norm that we have to, we have to, you know, abide by, by a certain yeah. age. I think um, it basically happened because I'd had a really positive conversation with my manager, um, my manager who helps me, um, she basically manages Holly's look for me. Right. And um, so all my outf um, influencer and kind of um, the bits of modelling I do here and there. So we had a really positive conversation about 2021. And I put the phone down and I was like, oh my God. I was literally smiling from ear to ear about this conversation we had. It was really positive. And again, I was doubting this conversation that was going to happen. I thought, oh, she's going to want to drop me. It's not going to be, I've not done enough work. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was the complete opposite. And I put the phone down and I just thought, do you know what, Holly? Well done. You have done amazing. And actually, again, two years ago, when you were with somebody that wasn't the right relationship and you were really self, you, you wouldn't have believed where you are today. Like, not only have I got, you know, nearly 18,000 followers, not only am I in a position where I'm, so thankful to be generating extra you know extra income for myself to put myself in a really stable financial position you know I've got someone that really believes in me I'm working with brands who absolutely love the content I create 
And at 25 years old, I would not have had the confidence mm. to, to wear underwear online or to take street style pictures or to come online and speak to people openly about, you know, me as a person and my life and give advice here and there. And I just felt really happy about it. And I thought, you know what, again, it, it kind of clicked that I'm 33 nearly. I am living my best life. I feel yes. the best I've ever felt about myself. I've got this confidence that I've never thought or imagined I would have. And I'm so proud of what I've managed to achieve. And I just thought, you know what, I'm turning 33 next. And you know what, I haven't found the one yet, which is, you know, you do kind of beat yourself up a little bit about, you know, I don't own my own house, but I'm doing everything I can to hopefully next year be in a position to do that. You know, I've not seen half the world, but that doesn't mean I won't be able to see it. No. Um, and, you know, I, I, I haven't been fortunate to have children yet. And those things, sometimes you you compare yourself to your friends or your colleagues or people around you who are, you know, buying houses, getting married, having children. And, you know, there has been, especially Christmas when it's dark and, you know, you spend a lot of time on your own, especially with the lockdown, you, you can beat yourself up about it. And I just thought, you know what, Holly, like actually you are in such a prime position that you can go and do what you want you don't have to answer to anybody you've actually got no real ties 2021 is is the potential to be amazing for you and I just felt really really grateful at that point and I thought you know what if anyone is struggling with the thought of being in their 30s and not be where they think they need to be I kind of wanted to share how I was feeling and that's kind of where it came from really I absolutely love that and I think actually this is we need more people like you working in the fashion industry absolutely I'm speaking mm. to you I just feel like you know this is whole kind of non it's very aspirational it's empowering kind of, it is. you are empowering women yeah and I love the fact that you know especially in the role that you've got you can have so much influence um on your consumers and that power will, will speak through the shoots that you do all the content you create it's really really refreshing to hear someone that's so just okay with Honest, being them you know, and I think yeah. more people I think that needs to come through fashion in order for followers and these online communities to be part of that and feel what you feel I think yeah, that's I, the problem with sorry I think that's the problem with social media at the moment is it's all none of it is real you only post your best self the best angle the best lighting and I think by you saying do you know what it's okay to, to not follow the norm because I always think when you were talking then and you were saying you know I look at people that have children have a a mortgage and blah blah they probably look at you Holly and say I wish I had Holly's job I wish I was single I wish I, I wasn't tied down so it's it's that catch 22 isn't it it's that which is the better situation I think as a woman you always think well what if or could I have something else or could I look better be better we're very critical and judgmental of ourselves so I think it's really a breath of fresh air for you to set openly say you know I'm in my prime position I'm in a great situation I'm happy I'm confident you know I love the skin that I'm in and this this is going to actually make my career excel because you're so confident and you know who you are. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, um, don't get me wrong. I've, you've been, you know, I've been in times where you do have self doubt and you don't course, believe that you're going to yeah. get where you're going to be. And I think it's just we're all the pressures of of, of hitting certain milestones. I think are still going to be there for a long time. I don't think it's something that's just going to go away. But I do feel like 
brands are now opening it up to this more personal way of marketing and actually communicating with their audiences. Yeah, humanising themselves a little bit. Exactly. So like, you know, fitness isn't just about going to the gym five days a week and eating fish and vegetable for seven days a week. Mm. Beauty isn't about being perfect. It's about actually, you know, bringing out your perfections and bringing out the, the most beautiful part of you. It's not about being perfect or being flawless. It's about being natural and, and everyone kind of loving their natural selves. Um, and now with fashion, it's not about having to be this kind of six foot size six, you know, um, beautiful, ethereal being, which if you are that, that's amazing. But it's actually just about, you know, getting dressed every day and putting something on that makes you feel really good. You know, because there's nothing better than having a good outfit. And whether that's a loungewear outfit, whether that's you going out with the girls' outfit, whether it's your first date outfit, or if it's going to Tesco, because these days Tesco is the run. That's it, isn't it? That's <laughs> Let's just life. not forget that. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, a, it's all about kind of people accepting themselves for who they are and just being the best version of themselves without comparing to anything else. And I think that's such a key a key driver now for people they want to feel like they're part of a community regardless of whether there is a social norm to fit because there isn't anymore you know um as a I think uh, as a world I think the online community has encouraged um a sense of diversity inclusivity and it's really people are pushing for that more and more um and I do think brands are starting to listen you know which I think is really really important um you know we're all about being the people's brand where I work and we really, really listen to our audiences and we produce things that they want, um, you know, to see more of. Um, and it's, it's, I feel like it's just, it's really, really important to, to listen to our audiences and whether that's because you're a brand or an influencer, you know, you want to kind of, you know, really listen to people and understand what people, you know, want to see. Um, because that's, what's important. People don't want to see fake. People don't want to see, an unrealistic approach to something that that they feel that they can't relate to. It's not attainable, is it? That's no, what exactly, exactly. Like, you know, um, so there's a lot of work still to do. I think, uh, you know, across across marketing as a whole. But I do feel like um, 2020 has been a massive, massive change in direction for brands and people, and they're starting to listen to what people want to see. Um, you know, and even with beauty, like I. And not that I was never interested in beauty, but I've, my whole beauty regime has completely transformed in 2020. Oh, and the way I wear and makeup <laughs> and how I and how I view my natural self. Like I can constantly go to work without any makeup on. Oh, I might not, do I'm my eyebrows. See, I, I do. Look like I've got no eyebrows. No, I do. I do now. It's funny I actually. I, there's times where I don't wear my makeup sat at home. I think it's changed. It's changed the norm, like you said. Yeah, it's yeah. completely acceptable to be sat on a meeting at home. In a loungewear set with no makeup on. Yeah, exactly. And like, don't get me wrong, my skincare routine's gone from three steps to ten. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's really worth it. And I feel confident with no makeup on now. And I'm telling you now, again, 25 years of age, when I had more youthful, tighter looking skin, <laughs> I, I didn't, which is just crazy. So there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of positives that are happening, I think, as a movement, but it's still quite slow. And I think... It's women like us that need to continue that championship for for encouraging, you know, being confident in your skin and confident in who you are um, is 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 really kind of important to to be those, you know, those spokespeople, uh, spokesperson for 
for that kind of um you know that kind of content really absolutely like you say it's all about those communities and i think that's what's happened with lockdown it's obviously it's shaken up the industry as it has with every single you know industry worldwide but like the fashion industry in particular and it really has shown which brands have been left behind and Mm -hmm. and have not been addressing communities for a very long time but it's also Mm -hmm. excelled brands like the brands that you work for the brand you work for sorry and other brands to succeed so you you know when some of these brands are disappearing now it's it's no shock to some of us so yeah it's interesting um to see how the world of marketing has been shaken up and will be shaken up Mm -hmm. even further Mm -hmm. it's exciting it is very exciting so anyway holly thank you so so much for your time um this is why we love you this is why we follow you everybody it's holly's look on instagram please (laughs) follow her she's incredible we love her thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us we've really enjoyed it Thank you so much for having me. It's actually been a pleasure. Um, not as scary as I thought it would be, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't bite. We don't bite, no. no. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Holly. All right, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So today, our like to know is the fabulous brand Never Fully Dressed. So Never Fully Dressed is a UK-based brand. It started off in London by a lovely lady called Lucy. Um... She creates fantastic dresses and skirts. I think I came across Never Fully Dressed when it was the wraparound skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember her styling them loads of different ways and thought it was really cool. It's been seen on Kendall Jenner, um, quite a few influencers. Our lovely Holly, who we've just interviewed, mm-hmm. um, works with them. She does some fantastic little, I think it's on her IGTV, but she does loads of little videos where Never Fully Dressed will send her a couple of items and she styles them loads of different ways. She dresses them up, dresses them down. So it's a really versatile brand. I know that the owner started it off in London. I think her parents own like a market stall or something and she started creating a couple of pieces in her attic um, and then sold them um, on a market stall and it's just taken off from there and recently they just launched um a collaboration with, like, with children just like mother and daughter which i think is so cute yeah i have to say i really love their feed i've never bought anything from um never fully dressed however i do really like the product i think for me as always you know guys buy now bargain hunter i ain't spending 90 pound on a dress <laughs> um unless i really really need to but the pieces are beautiful. beautiful oh they are i saw um this beautiful um i think it might have been one of their sponsored posts or it was something on their instagram story this weekend actually and it was this beautiful bright leopard you know my, my love for leopard print she loves, it's loves it so much. never ending um and it's this really bright multi- I was like, oh my god i love that dress it's amazing but actually what caught my eye about that advert and this is why i really really um kind of made me want to look at this brand and me and laura have had a whole conversation around never fully dressed um in the last few days is right at the top of it it said our customer is our influencer and i, thought, I love oh, that i love that and they've actually used that hashtag a few times on some of their yeah. posts yeah, yeah, yeah. and what i found really refreshing when um when i was flicking through my instagram on the weekend and i saw this is a i love the dress and i want the dress but you know what the the girl wearing the dress i don't know if it's just a customer that sent that photo in she looked amazing but she wasn't that typical influencer so i think i presume it was actually a customer photo or something because she looked i don't know because they always say our customer jody even on the pictures of holly it's always jody so i think they've built up a customer profile that they use so it's they've got that consistent marketing but i think in terms of the actual images of people it's quite broad Mm -hmm. um 
but I love that they're just really, they're just normalising it in how they advertise their stuff. I mean, I read a, an article where she said about how um, they've had to change their marketing strategy um, to be online through the pandemic. Um, and browsing on their website, I saw a great thing about pre-loved NFD, um, where you can buy secondhand, never fully dressed, and you can also apply to sell your secondhand, never fully dressed. Ah, so maybe I can get that leopard print dress half maybe. the price. <laughs> You should definitely have a look. But I think that's a really lovely idea because it just expands the life cycle like we spoke about on the previous podcast um, about super dry and stuff. I think it's a really good thing to do, especially as they are high-priced items. I was talking to my friend um, Holly about this last night, actually, um, and she bought a beautiful dress off a brand called Reformation, and they're fantastic. Their dresses are to die for, but they are, like, £300. And I said, it is an investment piece, like go for it. And also when you've worn it a couple of times, you can sell it and probably get half your money back. Um, obviously with fast fashion brands, you can't necessarily do that, that you don't get all the money back. But I think people now are buying pieces that they can invest in. And I think Never Fully Dress is a really good brand that does that because especially the leopard print skirt that I've got, you can wear it different ways. You can wear it as a skirt, you can wear it as a top, you can wear it as a one-shoulder thing. And they show you that. Yeah. The brand owner shows you how to do that. It's like they're trying to get you to think about only buying like that one investment yes. piece and buying a little bit less, but styling it in different ways. And I just like, I don't know, that their whole, the whole feed is quite refreshing, actually. If you look at their Instagram feed as a whole, there's lots of really great interviews you know they've, they've got quite a great platform for like female and equality which ties in really nicely with kind of what we've been talking about during this podcast um and there's a whole range of different people um different sizes it really isn't that like kind of typical fashion brand feed which is it's again it's more casual isn't it yeah and that's what i really like about it because she's I keep saying this all the, say all the time, the word humanise, but she does really humanise herself, especially when you look at the images of her with her children and customers with their children and how they're matching. It's all very natural. It, it doesn't seem staged to me. Yeah, it's all about that kind of online community again, isn't yeah. it? It's, they've obviously got the tone of voice right and the balance and all those things and obviously a very successful brand. Um, so maybe, just maybe, I might have to go and browse that pre-love section, okay. see if I can find that dress because that dress is calling for Mahendo. Oh, yes. Please don't forget you can listen to this episode and lots of other Brum Radio podcasts on the Brum Radio podcast channel at brumradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, don't forget to rate and review us. We would really love your support and feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe or follow us so the next episode of The Fashademics gets to you automatically. You can also find us on Instagram at Fashademics. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.